0: Take your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, as you're turning there, let me ask you to look, if you would, into chapter 4, chapter 4 of 2 Timothy. What a joy it is to see you today in the Lord's house. Those of you who are visiting, we're especially glad to see you as well, okay? There also uh, are some welcome packets, I think, on the... Uh, tables as you came in uh, at each door, and uh, we'd love you to pick one of those up if you would have some information about the church and the ministry. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 15. I want to share with you over the next few minutes just a thanksgiving message, okay? I simply titled it, for titling's sake, uh, The Thanksgiving to God. In reality, it's some of the latter words that we would find come out of the Apostle Paul's mouth, okay? We know it is from his last letter to Timothy, and because of that we also know that he is going through some circumstance that was not all favorable. And therefore, as we look at the message today, let us think about uh, maybe ourselves in Maybe similar times, okay, and see what our response could be, or even should be, okay? Let's read together. I think you have that on a PowerPoint slide. Use your Bible as well, if you will. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Cretans, to Galatia, Titus, uh, unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark, and bring him with thee. For he is profitable to me in the ministry. And Tychus, which I have sent to Ephesus, the cloak that I left at Troas, with Carpus. When thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom thou beware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Uh, I find it significant sometimes. You may be reading, and likewise would I read somebody's memoirs, or we might even come across someone's last will and testament, and we would like to read some of the last things that people would have said in their life or about their life. What I discover today in 2 Timothy is a similar position that Paul is in. Yes, Paul has been uh, condemned. Paul likewise sees his life before him, But yet and still as we look at the passage, what I discover there is He is leaving us so much valuable information to know how we could conduct ourselves in the latter days of our lives as well. Being uh, now that we're in the week of Thanksgiving, a time in which we have set aside that we would acknowledge and revere our Lord and because of that today, church, uh, I think it is wise for us to even do uh, an inspection or we might even look at things uh, from retrospect and therefore conclude uh, what is there in my life that might share similar thought with our dear friend Paul. Well, there are four things I want to sh- share with you. I hope I can allow you to see them Today, okay, first of all, we discover that Paul makes mention of various places. One of the things that I know about people is that once we sit or stand and converse uh, for a few minutes, we try to establish uh, some kind of identity or some things that we may have uh, in common. And therefore, because of that, sometimes it happens to be places. Now, I notice there on the PowerPoint slide that I have for you, there are just three of these places in this letter now that Paul makes reference to. First of all, he would uh, talk about Thessalonica, or yet he would at least uh, acknowledge uh, the place. We know that Paul had uh, had been to the place of Thessalonica. Paul had shared with them uh, at least a couple of weeks, and some conclude uh, that that is as long as he might have stayed with them, but yet and still would have uh, a church established there. You can read those two letters if you would like that he would write to the church in Thessalonica. But what I discover from that is that uh, Paul had a dear heart uh, for the people at that particular place. Secondly, I find that he talks about Christians uh, and how that he is at Galatia. Yes, Galatia is another one of those places uh, that has a special place in Paul's heart. Paul would would write a letter to them. Paul would talk about their faithfulness. Paul would share about how that they had been encouragers uh, to him in the ministry. And then third, uh, we find that he talks about Titus going to Dalmatia. Now, that is the place we have least reference about that I have found at least, okay? Well, we could gather from that, or I do, that is that not every place would have the same amount of significance. Now as we get to know one another better, uh, I've found that we likewise are similar to the Apostle Paul. When it comes to a week or a day or a month or a year of thanksgiving, especially uh, uh, people who are uh, are growing older like me, what we do is we begin to uh, think about those various places uh, that God has allowed us to pass through in life as i'm looking at you this morning i realize that you are from different careers first of all and because of that many of you might have hopscotched around uh, the uh, north america uh, following a job somewhere some of you maybe did not have a career making that move However, there might have been some of you who were just eager to find something new, go somewhere different, uh, and therefore you just wanted to explore. You had that little nature of yours uh, that said, hey, let's see what's out there. All's well with that for those who enjoy that type of, of life. However, I realize there's some of you here today that might still be living within 20 miles or less of the place of your nativity. And I say that because uh, you have just sort of been born and, and raised right where you are, so to speak. I met a gentleman not long ago. Matter of fact, I met him about a year ago, and then I met him again this year for some business. Now the gentleman was telling me that he is living in the same house that he was born in and raised in. And friend, he's not 20 years old, he's 75 years old. Never moved a day in his life, I'm thinking. Man, you haven't explored much of anything, have you? Paul was not so much an explorer. But because of Paul's ministry... And because there of how God had uh, entrusted so much to him, Paul had places in his life that had such impact on him that uh, he would mention them until the last uh, maybe conversations that we have recorded uh, by him. I find myself often, I might not always verbalize it, I might not always write it down and journalize it. I may not share it with anybody, but I do. I am a dreamer, and some say I'm a daydreamer, but as I dream about how God has specifically taken and moved us to various places, uh, because of this I have great thanksgiving to God for the different times the different types of places uh, that uh, we have been able to venture into. Church, I don't know about you, but would you stop a, a, a little bit this week somewhere and just try to reminisce a minute and say, God, you know that place might not have been the sweetest place, but Lord, you helped me grow up there. Lord, that might not have been the most beautiful place, but yet, Lord, you really made a difference in my life there. I was uh, sharing something with Debbie yesterday. I saw it on Facebook either yesterday or Friday. And it was talking about the particular place in Alaska that they had saw their last uh, sunrise for, what is it? I, I believe it was like four months now. And she said, I don't believe I'd like that. And I said, well, good. I'm not going over there either. The realities are, though, God uses places in our life. Some of you, you're here today. If I would have asked you a year ago where you would be today, you might not have had Waycross, Georgia on your map. Neither might have you had had Second Baptist Church on your map either. But friend, let me tell you something from experience. There are no insignificant places in our life. God uses places in our journey that He might allow us To know different peoples, different cultures, and likewise not to share so much our differences as we share our common things in life. I am thankful today for places. Secondly, I want you to notice what Paul does here. It's very significant that he also recognizes people. Now, I don't know about you, uh, you probably got a long list of friends. You probably are like Jesus. You've got a very short list. They're of a real core of friendship. But Paul takes time right now, and he shares with us uh, some people that have made difference uh, in his life. Now, as I read this again, you're going to recognize uh, that there were at least a couple of these that really had an impact on Paul's life. However, it might have been in a negative way. But you know what? Paul was still able to use that as an experience uh, that others might be able to learn from him. Again, reading in verse 9, uh, notice as I skip and hop around, verse 10, he talks about Demas who hath forsaken him. We find also he talks about Christians uh, there in verse 9, I mean verse 10. He talks about Titus in verse 10. He mentions Luke in verse 11. He talks about Mark, and we believe that's the John Mark uh, that had uh, left from that first missionary journey. He then talks about Tychus there. So what I want you to see is there were very different people, were they? Now, as I look at that list of people there, I don't find uh, that all of those people's uh, names would uh, hopscotch around the New Testament. It might be one of the few mentions of their name in the written scriptures uh, that we have. There are, as I said about places, no insignificant places in life. There are no insignificant people in our lives also. Sometimes, again, I dream, and I dream about folks, and when I'm saying dreaming, I'm daydreaming, okay? I'm very aware of what I'm visualizing, but I dream about people that I've been in contact with, I work with, or else I might have went to school with, or people who have been instruments uh, in my life to allow me to be largely the person that I am. Now, what you notice, first of all, Paul would uh, speak about the distractors. Okay, in verse ten, he talks about Demas, and he said he has forsaken me, loving this present world, and he left for Thessalonica. Now, Paul doesn't say anything bad, does he, about Demas? He just said Demas at some point here got his priorities out of order. And for whatever reason it was, other than He gives us the love of the present world, uh, He says, Demas uh, left. Uh, Now, uh, notice not only is Demas the only distractor that he would mention, but as I read to you in verse 14, he also said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil, the Lord Reward Him according to His works. But verse 15 tells us uh, why He would mention Him. He said, because uh, He greatly withstood our words. And what Paul wants us to know there is beware of Him. Friend, let me tell you something about that. I would say this. Paul wanted people to know dangers that were in life. Some of you, you have met people similar, I will call it, to Demas or to Alexander. I must tell you uh, that our life of Christianity or our life of obedience uh, to Jesus does not necessarily mean that we will always come in contact with only sweet people. The reality of it is, and I'm not highlighting that, it is just that there are those, they may be few and far between, but yet and still, Paul wanted Timothy to know that here's a couple of people that you just need to be aware of. So when I thought about people, I had to make reference to the distractors. But secondly, I make more reference to the disciples. Don't get me wrong. Most time you hear the word disciples, we're thinking about those that Jesus chose, those that Jesus trained. We're thinking about those that Jesus left and the great job that they did after his ascension. Wonderful, think about that. But let me tell you, Paul had his disciples. They were not necessarily called disciples, they were followers, they were men who were mentors of Paul. And largely that's why this letter's being written is because of Timothy being one of the disciples of Paul, and we come now to see those various people that Paul would write about. See if any of these names are familiar. Say in verse nineteen, Priscilla and Aquila, the household of Onesiphorus, Erastus at Corinth, Trophimus there. Uh, I left at Miletum. He said, Do thy diligence to come before winter. Eubulus is there. Pudens is there. Linus is there. Claudius is there. Can you imagine? Paul is just opening up his heart. It's almost like a thanksgiving prayer or writing a, a, a note there of thanksgiving. And he says, These are special instruments of people in my life. I have those folks. They have different names. You have those folks. You have different names. You know, the trust and prayer that we would have there is that maybe we have been significant in somebody's life as well. I never know. I will never know the impact that I might have had on someone largely, you will not either. But you know what? We're not here that we know all of that. That's not what motivates us largely. However, if we could leave a mark, uh, would it not be encouraging to us to know that we have helped somebody along life's way? I was looking in the biblical illustrator. It is a uh, group of books up uh, there. Uh, and the biblical illustrator says concerning this verse, number nine, it says that human companionships are very necessary. I said in the early service this morning, if you were to show me an individual who would say to me or you that they have no need of anybody to be involved in their lives, I would show you a very deeply miserable person. Ladies and gentlemen, God did not uh, create us to be alone. If for no other reason, Genesis 2, He tells me that. Now, it doesn't mean that those human companionships will only be limited to marriage. He did not say that those human uh, relationships and companionships would be limited to church Uh, he says, though, that companionships uh, are necessary. You remember in the book that the wise man wrote there? He said two are better than one. Ladies and gentlemen, if it were not for other people, would we not already possibly have failed in some way? He said the ear thirsts for a friend's voice. The heart hungers for a friend's love. Aren't friends valuable? yes. I must tell you, I would not even be pastor of this church had it not been for a friend. You say, you've never told us that story. Well, let me just tell you something. God works through people. And as God works through people, it makes us largely know that He involves us with others as well. Human companionships are very changing. Changers are caused by distance, death, depravity. Over the last couple of years with the pandemic and COVID, uh, how many of our friendships uh, were broken because of this uh, pandemic? Yes, it's not always distance, but we have had people move. It's not always death, but we have buried quite a few people. It could be depravity of some other sort, but I promise you Companionships are always changing. Biblical illustrator also said human companionships are often great blessings. Luke was with Paul, Mark was to be brought to him, Timothy was coming to him. Can you imagine? If you would read that entire chapter, it is in the context of what Paul would write, I'm ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand, I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith. And yet and still He is writing to encourage others, He is writing about others, uh, and He is giving me a beautiful glimpse there of the significance of other people. You largely are very significant people to me. You say, well, how is that? Do you know what? It's, all, it's not always in large things, is it? Sometimes it's just in a phone call or a card or a gentle message of some sort. Human companionships, not only great blessings, uh, but they also sometimes can prove great afflictions. Demas and Alexander, we will not go back to that. Why? Because I think we've said enough there. I say something, uh, if you go around just looking for someone uh, to make you ill, I'll promise you, you're going to be ill all the time. Why? Because they might not be intending to do that. You might be overreacting or or, out, or overreaching what really is going on. Human companionships must sometimes fail us, not meaning that we would want them to, but similarly, just the fact that they will, okay? I said I would give you four things, or if I didn't say it, I meant to, okay? That's one of the beauties about preaching two services. A man told me years ago, he said he just didn't know if he had just said it or wanted to say it. Well, I'm in the boat now, okay? The third thing that Paul demonstrates and shares with me here, not only about the places that he's been, not only about the people that he's been surrounded by, also look at the power that has been vested there in his life. Well, 2 Timothy again, 4, verse number 17, he says, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Now, notice, he said, at first, no man stood with me. But all men forsook me, and I pray God might not lay it to their charge. But he immediately said, Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. Have you ever been alone? Have you ever felt like you've been totally abandoned? Have you felt like no one could understand? Have you felt like no one would listen? Let me tell you something, Jesus will. He's the constant companion, can I call him? He is the one who really cares. Uh, The power now that Paul begins to describe to us in the last letter that he is writing to Timothy, he's talking about life and how life. Some would give titles to books like when life throws you a curve, knock it out of the park, or whatever. You figure out your own title, but yet God is still at work in our lives, even when it doesn't seem like it. Think about the power that the Lord vests in us. Okay, first of all, power for the circumstance. Now, I started to uh, I started to pluralize that word, a power for the circumstances. But you know, I really thought that would get too complicating because your mind would be trying to think on ten things. Uh, where I wanted you to just try to focus on one thing. What is a circumstance that has happened in your life or might be happening in your life that seems like there is no answer to, that seems like there is no help for, that seems like there will be no good could come forth from it? Let me tell you, God is able... That circumstance to him is something that he would guide you and I through. Okay, been reading a book this week that someone gave me. Uh, it is a book on heaven. Being I preached on heaven last week, uh, somebody gave me a book. I needed that before I preached on. It. But anyway, it was a good book. It's a good book. Read about half of it through the week, but it is, it's a book by Robert Jeffress, pastor there in uh, Texas. And uh, he, he described life similar to grass. He said, life is like grass. It is sown, it is grown, it is mown, it is blown, and then it is gone. That don't tick your boat, I can tell. Your life just have not carried you deep into the journey. You know, similar to that, I mean, you know, the Lord, we find in the, Bible that it says life is like grass. When you think about it, as we're journeying through life, the stages of life, the ages of life, Debbie loves to give me the weather report, I don't watch much news at all. She'd tell me, oh, you know, it's going to be 37. I forget what morning it's supposed to be. I said, well, there comes the frost. we always supposed to have one for Thanksgiving. Makes me think of grass, doesn't it? you got green grass. But just because it gets frostbitten doesn't mean it's dead grass. Why? Because there's growth stages even going on then. God gives you power for your circumstance. Hear me? Church, God gives us power. He gives us the means whereby to be victorious. God does not take pleasure in seeing that His children suffer, but He also wants us to grow through our suffering, power for the circumstance, power for the challenges. You know, Paul makes a reference here that I'm not absolutely sure where he was at because I don't know that he makes this reference anywhere else. He said, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Now, I don't know that that's when he visited the local zoo. I don't know that that was a literal line. I need to do some more study there. You said, Preacher, you've read the book so many times, but you know what? It just slipped through my memory here. I know this, whether real or whether an emphasis on a circumstance or a challenge like it, you know what he said? He said, God delivered This too shall pass is what we need to know when we're looking at things that come upon us or come by us or around us. Reading some blogs recently, and I don't do that often because uh, those people can be extremely critical, but just reading some, and it was talking about the recovery after the COVID experiences for sometimes our churches and staff members. First of all, the blog was uh, very encouraging because it talked about there has not been an escalated rate of pastors in churches dissolving their partnerships. That means there hadn't been a lot of pastors moving around during the pandemic. But there's something that has happened, and it's that there's been a lot of loneliness in pastors. But let me tell you something, there's also been a lot of loneliness in the parishioners as well, church members. I recognize real fully that you have have been very much uh, put in your house and locked the door, and your youngins told you not to get out. But let me tell you something. God is even able to give us power for the challenges. Your testimony to that, okay? And I pray that we who minister to you will be testaments of that as well. Power for the circumstance, power for the challenges, power for the challengers. He said, at first, nobody stood with me. All men forsook me. But he said, Lord, don't lay it to their charge. That's a strong statement Paul makes there. In the flesh, he could have said, God, get them, zap them. But you know what, he didn't. He shows the heart of a pastor, doesn't he? Lord, don't lay it to their charge. What a a power there that Paul said, Lord, don't lay it to their charge. There were four things I wanted you to see today. First of all, thanksgiving for God in the places. Think of those places. Write them down. Go home. Jot it down somewhere and give God thanks for them. The people. Yes, it might be somebody that you met when you were young. They had a great impact on your life. You know what I'd tell you to do first of all, if they're alive, jot them a note and tell them that you thought of them and the impact they had in your life. Power places people power, but last principles. In verse 13 he says, The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, When you come, bring it with thee. That's his outer garment. Probably approaching wintertime maybe. He didn't scurry up and get all of his clothes, but he said, "Bring bring bring me the cloak. But he said, also I need the books, and especially the parchments, possibly the fragments of the books, possibly much of his writing, excuse me, that he had not finished with. And I also leave room that it could have been some scrolls in which were very encouraging to him. Church, I put a couple of verses there on that slide. It's jumbled together because uh, I was just trying to stay simplistic today. Psalm 119 and 11, you could say it. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against Thee. Boy, did you realize that is a strong principle, is it not? A principle that many of your lives is governed by, like mine as well. Then Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, look at it. You know what he says? He says there's principles that are guiding me, principles that are guarding me, We may not call them principles, but you know what? Many of us might call them the Word of God. Or we might say we go to the Bible for our instruction. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. See, our life isn't guarded or guided by philosophy. We don't have a life that is simply uh, uh, carried by a code of conduct. We're not uh, there to recite the creeds, what we recognize is that we have a Christ who who guides and guards our life through His Word. Do you have anything to be thankful for? I'm thankful today for the places. Only three churches that we've been privileged to pastor in 41 years, but, well, I tell you what, there's something unique about all three of them, really. I'm really thankful for the people. You know what? If we had pastored... uh, churches, three of them for forty-one years, and there were no significant people there. We would have been bored to tears, people, and then to recognize the Lord's power at work all around us, Henry Blackaby would say, and last, the principles. Let's always be a people of the book, okay? Let's don't ever give that up. Why? Because it's a book of instruction. And that instruction we need is good even for the days that we live. Let's pray together. As we pray, let me encourage you about decisions you might need to make.